This podcast is being published late due to family illness, but I wanted to go back and make sure we had a show for today for completeness of the archive. Coming up on podcast 1559, France just can't get enough of their electric Renaults, but what model? Stick around and I'll tell you what I know. Also on the show today, we're talking about the Hyundai Arnic 6 prototype, why GM say that EVs are reaching an inflection point, and the new 4D transits. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening in the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Thursday the 11th of August. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. We'll start with news about the Xpeng G9. That is their new medium to large SUV. It's got a brand new interior styling and boy do I like this. Now open for pre-orders. Of course Chinese only but you have to look at these cars and think well could they be coming to Europe and could they come to the US one day. It's going to be launched in September. Starts in deliveries in Q4. Got three big screens inside it as well. It's got a 15 inch display for the driver. 15 inch display for the centre console, and then the same again for the what they call the co-pilot. I'd call them the passenger, personally. But a dual-screen design, so very Porsche Taycan. So I don't know how many times I've been a passenger in a car thinking, man, I wish I had a big screen in front of me because, you know, I could just use my phone or a tablet. But that seems to be a bit of a trend. We'll wait and see if more EVs adopt this. The second row of seats have long leg rests. They've got heating and massage functions and uh, electric backrests as well. This is very much aimed at the Chinese market where certain cars like this, it's a bit like the extended versions of the BMWs, Audis, Mercedes, uh, uh, they have the L indicator in the name. Um, more of a status symbol than actually do you really need that long stretched car? Do you need the massage function in the back? But it's the Chinese market, a bit different to perhaps Western markets. In terms of automated driving, the new model has Xpeng's X-Pilots using dual LiDAR. The G9 is going to be based on an 800 volts silicon carbide platform, Chinese market, they say 702 kilometres. Uh, charging for five minutes, they say, will give you 200 kilometres of range. And the chargers are going to be 480 kilowatt DC fast chargers, which is very fast, <laughs> which is ridiculously fast. We'll keep an eye on that. All right, moving on. Uh, we'll talk about the Hyundai Arnic 6 next and a first drive review of the prototype. So we've seen those videos. Maybe you, you have. I've certainly seen those videos uh, of do the, like the walk-arounds in a studio. Well, now some publications have got the chance to drive it. CNET are one of those. They say that Hyundai scored a home run with the Arnic 5 and they want to replicate that success with the new Ionic 6. The streamlined sedan is a stark contrast to the boxy cyberpunk aesthetic of the Arnic 5, they say. But both ride on the same platform, so the eGMP platform that is going to be running across Hyundai, Kia and Genesis. Now, sometimes when you get these press drives, they cover up the interior of the car. They're really wanting to get the journalists to start raving about them. But CNET say the interior was completely uncovered. The build quality, fit and finish, I guess in what I'm saying, they say was stellar. Rear-wheel drive model is what they drove. So 77.4 kilowatt-hour battery pack, single rear motor, 225 horsepower. They labelled it as an energy efficiency experience for the journalist. Uh, to highlight the super low drag coefficient, 0 0.21, uh, which should result in a range exceeding 350 miles. 
They say it was riding on 20-inch wheels. They said that the ride quality was superb, better than the Ionic 5s. It soaked up big potholes and rough road service surfaces, and the cabin was Mercedes S-Class level of quietness. Hyundai working on a number of in-car accessories for the Ionic 6, like a fold-out table with USB-C ports, a small cargo space up front in the front area, but loads of space in the back on this. So definitely a car that I think got a lot of people excited when they first saw the Arnic 6. The rear-end styling is perhaps a little divisive. Could be different when you see it in person, uh, but it's good news those test drives are now taking place with journalists, and by the sounds of it, the cars are pretty well screwed together. That's good news for the likes of you and I, because it adds to the choice of new EVs coming to market, hopefully not too far away. All right, moving on, we'll talk FedEx next, and they've got a pilot with Ford for the e Transit. Of course, all big companies that deliver parcels or anything like that post are going to have to go EV. They want to go EV, uh, but they will be going electric at some point. And FedEx Express is the bit of the company that's gone with Bright Drop. That's the delivery bit of GM. FedEx Office is working with Ford on their commercial side. They've got 10 of the e-transits across their same-day city network. So they offer local door-to-door deliveries. Uh, the vans, the e-transits, do 126 miles on a single charge. They're going to test them in nine different markets in a variety of road conditions, weather conditions, use cases, things like that. Uh, but FedEx Office, not that I've ever used that service, but by the sounds of it, you know, you need some photos. To copy of paper, stat, and they'll bring it to you in an electric Ford E Transit. By the by, the sound of it, uh, they're installing charging stations for the vans at their home locations and supplementing them with remote charging stations. They say as needed, but they don't go into any more details. But I don't know, 126 miles a day on a vehicle that is, by the sounds of it, pretty kind of local. FedEx wants their parcel pickup and delivery business to be entirely zero emissions. Back in June, FedEx Express announced. Their first 150 electric delivery vehicles from Bright Drop, part of an order of 500. And I'll stick a link to that story in the show notes if you'd like to read more. All right, moving on, we'll talk about General Motors next at the JP Morgan Auto Conference yesterday. Uh, General Motors CFO, Chief Financial Officer, someone called Paul Jacobson, was talking about their EV production, their EV scaling specifically. And he talked about an inflection point. Speaking with JP Morgan Analyst Ryan Brinkman, he said that GM has some exciting things going for it. Most importantly, as a legacy automaker, it's hitting an inflection point to ramp EV production. GM doubling their EV production target from 1 million by 2025 to 2 million by 2025. The company believes it has a diverse lineup that attracts customers in any market, they say. Of the four EV models on sale right now, the Bolt, the Bolt EUV, I mean, they count them as two. I said, well, they are. I mean, they are. They are two models. Um, the Lyric and the Hummer EV. I'll pop a link to Electrek in the show notes if you'd like to read more about that. Now, let's talk Nürburgring electric production car records. Some people say this is a story just for big boys and their big toys. And I guess there's an element of that, really, because who honestly cares how fast a car goes around the Nürburgring? But it seems that every time another car smashes the record, Elon Musk gets... Um, a little bit, I don't know, nose of joint, if I can say that. And then he heads back there with the Model S or a Plaid or adds a tri-motor and then he wants to try and beat it. So we'll see what happens next because Porsche are the new record holders of taking an electric production car around the Nürburgring. Never before has a series production EV posted a faster lap on the Nürburgring Nordschleife. Uh, Porsche development driver Lars Kern took 7 minutes and 33 seconds in a Taycan 
Turbo S. They had the new performance kit on it, which is obviously why they've given this a go. It's good PR. Uh, the new performance kit on the Tycon Turbo S and dynamic chassis control. Uh, weighing the same as a series production car, but they added a roll cage and production and, uh, and racing seats, rather. Uh, they also had a notary on hand to verify that around the 20.8 kilometre circuit Indeed, this was a new production EV record. The new equipment, which you can spec on your new Tycon as of 2023, uh, going into production as of now, actually, is uh, a bunch of performance upgrades that'll cost like, a five or six thousand euro option extra on the Tycon Turbo S. Renault, next in the news, and our headline story. Renault has achieved loads of success with its new compact all-electric car, the Megane E-Tech sitting on the same platform as Nissan's Aria, but very much a different car to the Aria. Much cheaper than the Aria for a start. Last month, and, and, and by the way, on the market already, unlike the Aria. Last month in July, uh, it came first in sales of all EVs in France. I've mentioned that already on the podcast. In the last three months, though, they managed to sell 25,000 units, and that means they've hit 100,000 units milestone but can they top the model three is the big question the megan e-tech alongside the rather cheap dacia spring have had some good sales figures in a country where total new car registration like everywhere are falling by the way car makers like renault are facing a difficult european market with rising inflation a shortage of semiconductors, a market which is hard to predict, and it, the EV equation is a challenging problem as well. By 2025, the French brand wants to have a lineup of seven all-electric cars with the return of the R5 and the 4L as their new zero-emissions cars back in their lineup. But for now, France are rather loving the Renault Megane E-Tech and hitting 100,000 cars a year milestone if they can replicate what they did in the last three months, which I don't think there's any doubt they will because the sales are increasing. So if they can replicate that and production is there, they're on an, what you call an annual production rate, an annual sales rate, annualized, I guess I should say, of 100k which would dethrone Tesla there. All right, stick around. Coming up on the podcast very soon, we'll talk about the e-bike tax credit and how Rivian's Amazon delivery vans are going down with their drivers. Stick around those stories. They're on the way. Now we'll talk Ford. They've made the country's largest renewable energy purchase from a utility, putting it 10 years ahead of schedule on its carbon neutrality goals. In partnership with the Detroit automaker, DTE are going to be adding 650 megawatts of new solar energy capacity for the state by 2025. The purchase increases the total amount of installed solar energy in Michigan by 70% in one purchase alone. Uh, based on Bloomberg's outlook, it marks the largest renewable energy purchase from a utility in US history. So well done, DTE, and well done, Ford, as well. Great to make electric vehicles, but we want to know those factories are powered by solar power, wind power, uh, renewables, don't we? A link to M Live in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Now, we've talked a lot about the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, a big piece of legislation investing $369 billion in clean energy and climate fighting tools as well, and new tax credits for electric vehicles, although a question mark over how many actually get those from January this year. A $900 refundable tax credit on the purchase of new electric bikes, though left on the cutting room floor, which I hadn't noticed until now by the negotiators, to the consternation of many bike advocates that have been pushing for that for years. 
Yeah, that is definitely not great news. They say the pain is acute because of how close advocates got to passing federal policy to incentivise e-bike sales. Joe Biden's original Build Back Better proposal had a refundable tax credit worth 30% of an e-bike's value or $1,500 capped. Uh, But the Senator Joe Manchin had the final word on that and the e-bike tax credit was eliminated. Sad news, sad news on that because, yeah, there's so many times when you should be riding a bike, not driving a car. E-bikes are a great way to do that, but they're not cheap. Now we'll finish off with some news about Rivian and how many packages have been delivered with electric power in their new electric vans. Rivian reporting deliveries of more than 430,000 Amazon packages with their new EDV. It's called Electric Delivery Van. Uh, During their pilot deployments, Amazon officially rolled out the EDV last month. In July, Amazon announced that their vans will be deployed in Baltimore, Chicago, Dallas, Kansas, Nashville, Phoenix, San Diego, Seattle and St. Louis. Rivian and Amazon working closely closely together to design and operate the vehicles. A close development partnership, they say, with Amazon. And its delivery drivers enabled us to optimise the EDV features for last mile delivery. And now, 430,000 Amazon packages have been delivered so far with electric power. Rivian says they equipped the van with a rear roll-up door to be easier to load bulky items when they go back to the Amazon warehouse. And the delivery van has a tall roof so drivers can easily walk through it. Plus, they have a new fleet management system to make it all work seamlessly as well. Link to that story in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Thank you so much to everyone for bearing with me on this delayed series of podcasts. As you can hear, still not fully well, but well enough finally to record. Yeah, thanks for bearing with me on that. Not a very nice couple of weeks um, getting over whatever virus took us down now. Uh, thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Juice, make sure you get your card because... They make public charging simple with one card, one map, and one app. And milbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon where you can jump in the hot tub while your EV charges. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there's no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.